0: Peter R. Bregan, M.D., is called The Conscience of Psychiatry for his many decades of successful reform efforts. His scientific and educational work provide the foundation for modern criticism of drugs and ECT, and lead the way in promoting more caring and effective therapies. His books include Talking Back to Prozac, Toxic Psychiatry, Medication Madness, Psychiatric Drug Withdrawal, and now Guilt, Shame and Anxiety, Understanding and Overcoming Negative Emotions. Welcome to the Dr. Peter Bregenhour.
1: Well, my wonderful, wonderful, wonderful audience, you probably recognize Zev Zelenko. Um, This is one of the three people who wrote introductions to our book, to uh, um, (laughs) COVID-19 and the global predators. I always get a little speechless, um, When I talk with Zev, because he has a tremendous spiritual influence on me. And um, every time I have him on, I end up mulling things for weeks afterward about uh, God. About uh, making God more important in my life, although I certainly think about God much of the day. So does Ginger. and I really, I was uh, really not joking when I when I said to to Zev earlier when we were chatting that if uh, the Bible were a living uh, uh, document, um, which it should not necessarily be, uh, Zev would be one of the prophets. And what Zev did was what prophets do um, when uh, COVID nineteen struck. Um, in the outskirts uh, of uh, new york city and um many people uh at that time uh became very ill zev searched the world as a scientist he's a physician family doctor um we're losing we're losing the screen twice now zev do you have any idea what's going on
0: uh i got some phone calls maybe that's why let me see Uh
1: Okay, can you uh, cut that and we'll start over again. So we're going to start at. i just
0: um, on and do not disturb. So that should resolve. Yeah, that,
1: that should do it. All right, so we're starting now at um, at one twenty-two. Start. We're going to end at one twenty. At two twenty. And um, show begins at three minutes in. Okay, we'll start again. Hello, my wonderful audience. Mm -hmm. We are greeting Zev Zelenko. um, Amazing, amazing man. I've been proud to know him since early on. In the uh, COVID-19 struggle, he's been a leader. He uh, was a family physician, board certified family physician, working in a Jewish community in the outskirts of New York City. um, In a clinic serving people when uh, COVID-19 really came in and overwhelmed that part of the country and uh, zev uh, searched the world and came up with what became the zelenko protocol which was the start really of having a rational program of treatment that at that point um, began with hydroxychloroquine as well as other various uh, aids and um, and medications Uh, But the key was standing up on hydroxychloroquine right when our governor was refusing to let doctors use it. And Zev managed to get the ear of President Trump and uh, got to talk with Rudy Giuliani and really to have an influence for a time, at least, on the direction of Trump uh, supporting hydroxychloroquine. Before I think Trump, uh, maybe Zev could comment on it, just became overwhelmed with the with the lies of the deep state and lost track of, uh, of really fighting for liberty in the face of COVID-19. Um, I think Trump just got badly taken in by what he thought were new processes like Operation COVID-19, which actually, uh, you know, was in development for four or five years by uh, Bill Gates and the drug companies and, uh, Fauci and the rest. Um, before the sh- we turned on the uh, the TV. I I told Zev that, uh, In another world, um, he would be uh, one of the great Hebrew prophets uh, because he has that influence, certainly on me and on, on many, many, many uh, other uh, people in the world. Uh, Zev's formal name, by the way, is Vladimir Vladimir Zelenko. Um. ZEV is uh, one of the introductions to our book. He's been a huge supporter of COVID-19, the Global Predators, which, by the way, folks, is doing very, very well. And it's, let me just say a word about it and then uh, we'll leave that. And um, I'm not sure ZEV is up on everything, but the book has sold 24,000 copies just off our website. And that's, that's, uh, really, we owe that to ZEV as well as to a, a handful of other tremendous supporters. And uh, now it's up on Amazon. We're still selling directly to Canada and to the U.S. off our website, and that's uh, the dedicated website is wearethepray.com. So you can get the book at the lowest price at wearethepray.com. But it's now also being sold by Amazon and all the other major bookstores throughout the world it's on amazon in india and germany and australia and great britain and in many cases it's already number 1 2 or 3 especially in the ebook you can't get the ebook from us go to amazon or some other online store for the ebook and uh, it's in many places number 1 2 or 3 in medicine or some or other major categories in the us it's number 1 in uh, political science uh, as the ebook and it hovers around being one, two, three, four, five, or so in the uh, medicine. So it's doing well and we're very, we're very proud to finally have that book out. Now, Zev, um, everybody is concerned about your health. People know that uh, you've been ill. Do you want to say a few words uh, uh, about what's happening right now and then we're just going to talk?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, but before I get into that, I want to congratulate you and Ginger. On a phenomenal work i think it's a absolutely foundational work that will serve as a blueprint for the prosecution of these predators and hopefully the hunters will get hunted and i think that you clarify in a very organized and systematic fashion the root causes of what we're living through and that goes a long way into the solution because if you don't understand the, you know, there's a saying, the biggest illness is if you don't know you're sick. So you describe very clearly where the sickness is, what needs to be uprooted. And I want to thank you for that and for the privilege of writing an introduction to it. I think that it's going to Mm. illuminate millions of people.
1: Thank you for that. Um, And just thank you for your inspiration um, you were one of the first people Ginger noticed when we started looking, um, and Ginger is often my eyes and my ears as well as her own, <laughs> and uh, she started talking about you very early in 2020, so you were a very early inspiration for us, a source of information for us. Uh, we knew about you before we knew about Peter McCullough and uh, Lee Leet and... Um, Thank you for that, and uh, thank God for your existence. Um, well, so um, regarding
0: your question, so I've been uh, dealing with um, pulmonary artery sarcoma for the last three and a half, um, almost four years, and um, it's a very rare tumor. Most people never heard of it, um, <clears throat> simply because sarcomas are rare in terms of cancer. There are only 1% of the tumors, And then there's around 80 different subtypes and i happen to have the most rarest of subtypes so when i get cancer i do it right (laughs) but um i um so there's around 10 cases a year and unfortunately they're always found at autopsy because it's a impossible diagnosis to make um and in my case the way it was discovered was incidentally because I had trouble breathing and the thought was that i I had a blood clot in my lungs Mm. and didn't respond to medicine so i had to have surgery to remove the blood clot and when the surgery happened um, they discovered it was a large tumor uh, that had destroyed my right lung so uh, my lung i I went through heroic surgery um, that was made a split decision while i was already open on the table and my wife and my parents and my son were there and they made the decision to just uh, give permission to remove my lung and and reconstruct my pulmonary artery. Um, And then I went on very difficult chemotherapy and which I had to actually design myself because um, this tumor is so rare that there's no known treatments. And um, I have to tell you that it's very much connected to this COVID-19 crisis because I was forced to deal with the largest outbreak in America in the first week of uh, March of last year um, with thousands of sick patients and no known treatments. And so I was already predisposed to looking for solutions if there are none from my own personal health struggles. So when there was no known treatment, my attitude was, well, let's find one then you know let's not be lazy let's improvise let's find a solution when there is none that's that's um, my way of thinking so um in, in a very interesting way my, my own personal health struggles enabled me to have the skill set to um address the global situation that we are we are in anyway so then um i was in remission for a few years and then two years and then it came back Uh, And that was in the summer of last year. I had open heart surgery again and and also had radiation to my hip because it spread. Um, And then I went on very difficult chemo. And the chemo threw me into heart failure and gave me bone marrow suppression, almost killed me. So um, I had to stop pretty early. And then uh, two months ago, I had a routine CAT scan and the, the tumor came back. And this time, it's in a, still in the pulmonary artery, but in a place where operating is not a very good idea. You know, there's a, like a fifty percent chance that I would die on the table. So the decision was made at this point not to operate, and I had very uh, aggressive radiation. And now, I have to tell you, dealing with COVID nineteen, seeing the corruption. Seeing the conspiracy, I'm a conspiracy realist, not a theorist, and uh, yes, good. Well said. seeing the, the conspiracy to suppress life-saving medications, um, I realized that the same must be true when it comes to cancer. That there must be other options available yes. that, that have been purposely suppressed by the same forces due to pharmaceutical greed and, and power and control so what I've it's opened my eyes even to my own treatment I'm approaching it now in a functional medicine integrated medicine approach meaning I am going to a classically trained oncologist um, who's a specialist in immunotherapy however he also spent the last 35 years researching integrative medicine and uses uh, complementary and adju- adjuvant uh, other treatments to, in in synergy with classic oncology. And uh, that enables them to use lower dosing in the chemo drugs, less toxicity. So um, I'm getting already high dose of vitamin C, uh, mistletoe treatment, CBD, uh, <clears throat> I'm, t- I'm taking turmeric, uh, cat's claw, bark it's called, uh, green tea extract, melatonin, Um, You know, the whole um, alternative starving to cancer approach as well, coupled together with checkpoint inhibitors and um, hyperthermia, ozone therapy, Um, and each one contributes a little bit to the overall uh, situation. So I feel good, (laughs) Um, thank God, it's just that uh, this is kind of uh, my last chance to to go for cure because I've exhausted my other options and classical chemotherapy almost killed me. So it's not surgical. I already had radiation. So I, uh, I pray to God that the immunotherapy and integrative approach, uh, will be useful, but even, let me tell you something. I, I don't fear death at all. I, I, think that uh, you begin to die from the day you're born. (laughs) And some people live 50 years or 30 years or 100 years. Um, It's not as relevant how many years you live, but it's more important how you live. And during this finite period of time, these number of years and limited days that God gives us, we have the opportunity to uh, connect with the infinite by using the finite world in in a way to sanctify God's name. And so we kind of earn for ourselves a relationship with the creator uh, for eternity. And um, there's nothing more precious than that. In my opinion, God gives you the biggest gift in the best way. The biggest gift is the possibility to use your consciousness and free choice to connect to him and be one with him. And in a way where you earn it, you're not like a beggar who gets undeserved reward, but rather he allows you to earn for yourself a relationship with him. And you see that in, in good marriage, but what could a a spouse give to the other? Gifts are nice and all these things, but ultimately it's your very self, your essence. When you give your essence to another, to your partner, you become one with them. There's no greater joy and ecstasy than that. Uh, And and you accept the essence of another human being. And so by way of analogy, that's what God is is allowing us to accomplish uh, using our free choice and consciousness. And ultimately, this ties into COVID-19 because I believe that this is a war against God. Um, And it's not a new war. It's a continuation of a historical biblical narrative that uh, has now pinned two systems of thought that cannot coexist one is a God consciousness um, focus where ultimately it leads to uh, we're made in God's image. We have our lives of sanctity. And if a lot of sanctity, is not in the um, purview of another human being to decide how many of us belong on the planet and how long we should live. That's God's department. And we need to do everything possible to sanctify it. Uh, God by sanctifying life itself. Now the other system is this Darwin eugenics approach, where it's survival of the fittest, and essentially there are three categories of people: the 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 top of the hierarchy, superhumans; the people in the middle, the humans; and then the subhumans. And this sounds like a fairy tale, except that it killed 200 million people 80 years ago. So what we're seeing now in this generation is a group of elite. Uh, it's not anti-Semitic, by the way. It, It's a group of elite uh, thinking intellectuals who believe that they've evolved to a higher level of consciousness that uh, permits them to dictate uh, to the rest of us how we're going to live, how many of us belong on the planet, how long our lives should be, whether property rights, whether or not we're allowed to own property, and so on. So these are sociopaths of the highest order. These are people that... um, Really have a god complex. They they're wannabe deities. They're narcissists with such a low uh, self-esteem that the only way then they could feel good about themselves is by stepping on the heads of others and destroying others. Instead of climbing and growing together as a as a group, as a as a species, as a as a uh, nation of humanity, rather they want to destroy humanity uh, in order to fulfill their own. Uh, it's like the revenge of the nerds. I have this joke, which is not a joke, that the whole world is suffering because Bill Gates couldn't find a girlfriend in high school. But in reality, his the the rage and anger that they have for the rest of us gets manifest through their, uh, you know, we need to save the world through global warming, so we have to reduce the world population by a billion people, which is exactly what Gates said in 2015. So. We're dealing now with a, a really a war against God consciousness. Any despotic or tyrannical regime will try to push out God from a society immediately because if I bow down to God, I'm not going to bow down to them, period. And so they have to shift human consciousness away from uh, belief in a, in a supernatural deity and rather breed cultish codependency on them So they create a crisis, use fear, use isolation, cause psychological decompensation in people over over time, and then dangle a false god, a false uh, promise that this will help you. And people, so many people are living in so much pain and so much anxiety for so long that they gravitate, not intellectually, but rather in a Mm -hmm. irrational or emotional way, to anything that reduces that emotional strain or pain or fear or anxiety. That's why you can have very intelligent people act in surprisingly irrational ways. And when you challenge their rationale, they become belligerent because what you're really doing is bringing them back into that uh, anxiety state they so definitely don't want to be in. Uh, And it's brilliant psychological warfare. I mean, this is an absolutely evil but brilliant plan that involves the coordination of of global industries, uh, go- whole sectors of of the world. So, for example, there is a coordinated dance between media, social, and mainstream, together with academia. All the academic fraud, which gave the justification for corrupt politicians to and government agencies to issue edict, edicts that make no sense, do not prioritize your life or your health at all and serve the interests of their slave masters and, and uh, share, shareholders, stakeholders. Um, and, ultimately, and then you need the industry itself who has the wealth and, and the ability to uh, coordinate uh, this whole orchestra of evil. And if you get down to it, there's only a few people that are able to coordinate so many different industries and control them in an effective way. And um, not that I know exactly who they are, uh, but I do think that uh, since we know 70% of the world's wealth is in the hands of 150 people, meaning 70% of the corporate wealth of the world is controlled by 150 people. And there's a lot, they have cross uh, in, in, uh, stakes or interests in all these different industries. So, what we're really dealing with is a group of people that are too smart to be in the media. We don't see them. Uh, I consider George Soros, Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg, and all these uh, psychopaths as field marshals. But there are forces behind them that are giving them their marching orders. And uh, I don't know exactly who they are, so I just call them Mr. Globalist, like Catherine Austin uh, Fitz. Sits, yeah. she's, she's brilliant, by the way. She's one of the most brilliant people I've ever met. And um, so I've learned a lot from her. And so she organized it very, very succinctly. And before I'm labeled a conspiracy theorist, we just uh, read about Noah in the Bible. So we know Noah was a conspiracy theorist. He spent 120 years building an ark. Uh, people were coming around and saying, hey, Noah, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm building an ark, a boat, whatever. Why are you doing that? Well, God is really angry at you. He's going to destroy you. And um, so he was a conspiracy theorist
1: until it rained,
0: right? So um, I, I, I feel that um, we have such information, such knowledge, such a degree of resolution that it's not a theory. It's it, I'm a conspiracy realist. And um, let me explain what I mean. First of all, we know without a doubt that COVID-19 itself is a bioweapon made artificially and we know who did it and we know the patent numbers associated with it. And that's for sure. We we know this. We also know that life-saving information and access to life-saving medications like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine have been suppressed in America. Um, doctors in Australia who prescribe them go to jail they're completely unavailable in countries like Israel. And so and that's a theme that's a global theme. So you have to ask yourself, why is life-saving information and access to life-saving medication being suppressed? Why is it that world experts, leading researchers, inventors of this technology, the inventor of the mRNA vaccine technology is being Robert Malone is being deplatformed? And his voice is being suppressed because he's saying, don't take the vaccine. The government is lying to you and it's too dangerous. You have to ask yourself again. You see, I had to reverse engineer the worst crime in history. Because when when we, it first came out, there was so much confusion. This mm. was so well planned for so many years. That it was impossible to to know what's going on. But now, two years into it, in retrospect, you notice patterns and and. Um, You have puzzle pieces that we can try to put together and and discuss to see if it makes sense. So if I'm telling you there's a coordinated effort to suppress information, uh, suppress access to medication, suppress voices of opposition and voices of doctors who offer a different narrative. And then when you get to the vaccines, there's uh, a patent, which I'll I'll give you the number later, but um, that was filed and approved August 31st. Um, uh, that describes um, technology that already exists in the vaccine to measure internal physiological data, like heart rate or temperature or or others, um, and your location, and has the ability to transmit that information to a third party. This is uh, a 50-page patent Describing in depth the actual technology that exists in this vaccine already.
1: Yeah, I have not seen that, so it'd be fascinating to see it.
0: Yeah, I'll give you the patent number uh, shortly. But
1: uh, yeah, just send it to me.
0: Yeah, and please share it because you know people find it easier to believe if I tell you that Ralph Barrick, Doctor Barrick, in ninety nine. Did research and develop technology to modify a bad coronavirus uh, to be able to infect human beings. And then that was fully actualized in 2015 in China, where they were they perfected that technology in an NIH-funded study with yeah. Ralph Babek and, and the, the bat bad lady from this,
1: this is all in the book. This
0: is all that's why I'm quoting. That's where I learned about it. (laughs) So um, so this, if if you see this technology and you see that they weaponized, they took a virus that doesn't belong in human beings, made it attack human beings. But that was, was still okay. It was mild. But then they weaponized it and they made it completely destructive to human lung tissue and to cause blood clots by design with patent numbers. So gain-of-function research really is taking a benign virus and making it a weapon of mass
1: destruction.
0: So so if you put that together, and in 2020, there's a patent uh, by Microsoft. Um, Once I tell you the number of this patent, you're going to get sick. But um, in it, it has technology that links biometric data measured uh, by... uh, internal sensors to cryptocurrency and the ability to um, control whether or not you can do commerce um, based on your physiological data so in other words what what could be done it's already being done and threatened to be done it's being done in china it's already being threatened to be done in canada which is that if you are not vaccinated if you're not transmitting your data of your location and whether, think about it this way. At 2 o'clock in the morning, someone's heart rate goes up for 10 minutes or whatever. Um, and then so someone knows when you're having sex with your wife. I mean, are, are you, are we ready to give up that level of of privacy, of our autonomy to, to a third party so that we can do commerce? Because that's what's happening. They're going to blackmail us if you do not have if you don't submit to this digital tracking technology you will not be able to do commerce that means you can't buy bread you can't travel you can't so it's a way of co- using coercion um to motivate people to take a shot that is causing blood clots myocarditis miscarriages increases in cancer and autoimmune diseases ovarian dysfunction, and most likely infertility, and the dreaded genocidal antibody-dependent enhancement reaction. And there's no me- medical necessity for this, because COVID-19 is completely treatable. So what we're dealing with is a very organized uh, takeover and enslavement. The Christians would call it the mark of the beast, because basically. Um, Giving someone a mark that enables them to live. And if you don't have that mark, you then get marked and exterminated. And that's exactly what's going on now. We're heading towards a, um, a society where there is a small group of elite people, which I call them devolved pagans. You see, they think they're evolved. In reality, they're nothing more than um, people that have devolved into a pagan. Um, way of thinking that pre uh, pre monotheism
1: and let let me just briefly address what you're talking about. Um, I have not seen any of this. So this is fascinating. What I would love to do is when the show is over, if you get a chance uh, with your treatment coming up to send us the data on that. And then maybe even in a week or so, um, if you want to take a break from your your treatment, and we can go back and look at this specifically with me having uh, the same data you do. This is this is amazing.
0: Yeah, uh, it's so-
1: it's stunning, Zev. It's stunning. I don't know what to do with it exactly, but if uh, the the the, I mean, I'd love to see those patterns. I I just think it would be amazing to confirm it with you and to talk with you again about it. I'll make sure
0: that to leave them give you the numbers on air uh, on this video as well so that your listeners listen i have something to say to your listeners don't believe a word that i'm saying please please in other words don't take what i'm saying on blind faith don't make the same mistake that you've done with the government don't place your trust until it's earned trust is earned and, and not just given so um I'm gonna. I'm giving you very specific information. Yeah. Take information. Do your due diligence. Do your own research, and then make your own decisions. But um, I've dedicated whatever life I have left in me to uh, to share uh, the what I believe to be the true narrative, with as people as possible. Because I believe I believe in the equality of opportunity, not necessarily the equality of outcome. What that means but um, I, I don't know if every human being is meant to be actually saved. What, 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 what I believe is that every human being deserves the right to know everything that's out there and then use their consciousness and free choice to make an informed decision on what they believe to be right. And then they are held accountable, both in a good way or, or in not a good way, For the decisions that they make. That's what free choice is. Yes. And up to this point, the public and the the humanity has been exposed to a constant barrage of fear mongering, of false information, a false narrative that has basically uh, caused mass psychosis, global psychosis, and people are being destroyed based on the lack of information. But that's unacceptable. That is absolutely horrific. Yeah.
1: Ginger and I are right now, uh, Ginger in the lead, tracking the concepts uh, among some psychologists going back to shortly after World War II about creating mass psychosis as a method of dictatorial control. It's really quite outlandish and we're going to be uh, you know, publishing about that sometime in the future. Um Sev, how do you want to handle this material? Do you want to um, get it now and put it up? Or do you want to uh, wait for a second show? Uh,
0: what would you look- Oh, no, no. What I would like to do, I'm going to keep talking to you. if But if I switch, you're going to lose the video feed. But don't hang up. I'm going to read you the patent numbers so that you could then um, uh, give it to your audience. So just one second, please. And those
1: can probably be searched. Yeah, sure. So uh, I'm still on with Zev Zelenko, folks, and um, when he comes back, one of the things I want to talk to him about is. I'm back. I'm back. Oh, so, he's back. He's going to be back right away. Here.
0: So here's the uh, United States patent number, one 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 zero seven five eight eight, and I'm going to send it to you, Dr. Brain. It's one 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 zero seven five eight eight, and that is. Um, the patent that describes the tracking, the internal uh, sensing technology the phys- that measures mm-hmm. the physical data, and the ability to transmit your location and that data to a third party. So again, you just
1: uh, put something up on the screen as well. I just was that it.
0: it? I just sent it to you. Um, okay. It's called methods and systems of prioritizing treatments, vaccination, testing and their activities while protecting the privacy of individuals. That's exact opposite of what it actually is. That's what that's one. And then the other one, which I want I want to give you now, <laughs> once I read you the patent number, you're gonna get.
1: Uh, oh, uh, I've I've kind of heard about these devil patent numbers and things.
0: Well, I've seen a,
1: legislation like that.
0: Yeah, so um, it's a it's a W.O. It's a type of, uh, I think it's a world patent. Uh, it's, here's the patent number W-O, 0 I mean uh, or oh, O two, zero, two, zero, zero, and then 60606 zero, six, zero, six. WO 2020060606 zero, zero, six, zero, six. and it's called cryptocurrency system using body activity data. <laughs> you can't get any more uh, uh, precise about it. cryptocurrency uh, system using body activated data. This patent is owned by Bill Gates.
1: By Gates. And that's, you you think some of this is already embodied in the vaccines is what you're saying.
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and then there's a paper. I think you have it in your book, but um, I'll send it to you. Um, it's called two mutations were critical for bat to human transmission of uh, MERS, and um, that was the paper uh, published by Barrick and uh, Jing from Wuhan with the uh, funding of the NIH. <laughs> so, and it lists the NIH as the the source of funding. So, uh, it's pretty outlandish, pretty crazy. Um, their brazenness they just they don't the the forces of evil do not hide their intentions yeah you know hitler wrote mein kampf um I'm back. i sent you three things Uh, you should have it in good yeah
1: and they actually flashed on the screen too
0: oh cool so um hitler wrote mein kampf uh, many years before he took control and became a dictator so yeah. the forces of evil—they—they they tell you outright what they're going to do. They don't hide it. Uh, so, for example, when Klaus Schwab said in two thousand sixteen that uh, within ten years, seven every human being will be uh, will have a digital identifier, he said this in an interview in in French. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you have Bill Gates calling for world population reduction, and then the same uh, sociopath as pushing for 7 billion people to get vaccinated with a vaccine that is medically unnecessary, that actually does not work and actually breeds uh, more lethal viruses. Um, There's data now coming out of Vietnam and China, which I think Dr. Peter McCullough mentioned, uh, where in Vietnam, they measured viral load levels of COVID-19 in vaccinated patients. They had 251 times the amount of virus than unvaccinated patients. And in, in that was uh, in Vietnam. In China, they had the same results, but except a thousandfold increase. So what's happening is that the people that are vaccinated are the source, uh, they're the vector now for spreading
1: yeah.
0: uh, high levels of lethal virus. It's not the unvaccinated. Yeah. And that's the horror of... Um, what has been perpetrated on humanity. So we've identified the problem. Now we need a solution. And the solution um, is the antithesis of what, let's say, one Nazi guard with a German shepherd and a machine gun could take 2,000 Jews, let's say, and corral them into a gas chamber, and they they were murdered now one question why didn't they just turn around and and trample to death that one guard okay the inner circle might have been shot and killed but there's still many more of them than than the answer is because they were demoralized they were isolated they were in fear they were exhausted they were broken uh traumatized and so they had no will the will was stolen and when when a human being has no will they're extremely, you can manipulate them and, and enslave them. Mm-hmm. So what, that's exactly what's happened to us right now. So we need to restore the will for freedom, the will to live, the will that our children should have a better life than uh, we had, not the other way around. Because in normal psychology, in normal human beings, and in reasonable societies, parents and society wants their children to have a better life than they have. We we thrive, we enjoy the fact that our children accomplish and live a more meaningful life than we do. There's nothing more pleasurable for a parent, mm-hmm. right? except in in evil societies, it's the exact opposite. They sacrifice the children for the adults. And so even though the children have a near 100% chance of getting better from COVID with no treatment, the, ration, the argument is they should get vaccinated so the grandma doesn't get COVID. So... I have a few answers to that one is if you're so concerned about grandma and you're such a believer in the vaccine so vaccinate grandma and leave the kids alone
1: yeah
0: and dr michael yidden who was vice president of pfizer it's a little company and um, the head of their vaccine development program told me personally i became friends with him that uh the the data shows that for every one child that dies naturally from COVID, a hundred die from the vaccine
1: yeah so what's so if, important
0: if that's not child sacrifice what is how do you define child sacrifice okay yeah. as i take a child to cut its throat or i throw it off a cliff or into a volcano well, what's the yeah. difference if i take a child that has zero almost zero risk of dying from a from a uh, natural or from a virus and inject them with a liquid that has 100 times more lethality than the virus what the hell is going on with this universe? The answer is, we forgot about God, and we put our faith into the golden calf of of the vaccines, um, corrupt governments, and sociopathic demagogues or oligarchs that uh, only think about their own interests and not yours. Um, and the solution is to stop doing that. King David writes in his psalms turn away from bad do good and live it's a wonderful prescription turn away from bad means don't live in fear and isolation just don't do it do not submit succumb to the fear do not isolate yourself from the people you love and don't take the poison death shot that's turn away from bad the do good part is if you're in the higher risk category of patient take prophylaxis or preventative antiviral therapy, which is safe and cheap, and it works. And if you do get sick, God forbid, start treatment within the first few days, and you will live.
1: Let me address that uh, with you, and there's a subject I want to cover because you have uh, such personal insight into it, but um, do you want to talk briefly about how you survived covid um, with one lung and and while suffering from cancer, I mean it's amazing story. I, I kind of was you know talked to you about it, but I'm I'm not sure how much you've discussed it. Um, would you spend f- just a few minutes and then I want to ask you about Donald Trump and what happened with the administration? Um, but first, just briefly, would you talk about that? Because you survived, you treated yourself basically in the hospital, and survived COVID despite such handicaps.
0: So people are gonna ask, well, if I'm such a proponent for preventative and prophylactic measures, why why did I get sick? And it's an excellent question, by the way. And I'll tell you why I got sick. For an entire year, I didn't wear any masks. I had high level uh, viral load exposures to COVID-19 through patients and I didn't isolate myself. I went to synagogue, I, I, I went to, uh, Events. I, I totally did not live as if there was a threat, uh, but I was taking prophylaxis and I was completely fine. Uh, but then I was on this chemo, which killed my bone marrow. And as you know, the bone marrow is the seat of uh, the immune system. Mm-hmm. And so my white blood cells dropped to a low level. So my immune system got shot. So I, um, I was extremely vulnerable and I got COVID and I got COVID pneumonia in my one lung. I have the left lung, which has two lobes in both lobes. Um, And I, uh, I did everything possible not to go to the hospital. I, I had um, Regeneron at home. I I was taking ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine, high dose steroids, antibiotics, vitamin C, D, Z, colchicine, Luvox, I threw absolutely everything I could, um, and a lot of my symptoms got better, honestly. I felt much better, except that my oxygen level would not stay uh, normal, and would drop into the 70s without oxygen supplementation. Mm -hmm. Then I called my pulmonologist, and uh, he was, let's just say, very upset with me, and made me uh, go to the hospital which I understood. And uh, in the hospital, I got mega dose IV steroids. And that made a big difference. Uh, It gave my lungs time to deal with the inflammation and I slowly recovered. I was still on oxygen for three months after I left the hospital.
1: Mm. I remember talking with you.
0: Yeah. And then um, then slowly um, things improved and I'm pretty much back to normal in the sense that uh, it doesn't restrict me in what I do. (laughs) <laughs> Except when I uh, exert myself, walk up steps, I feel it. But let me tell you, I know what COVID. I know what COVID is. I know it's not natural. It's it's a. It is such a bizarre disease.
1: Yeah.
0: It it zaps your essence. It 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 takes away your vitality. You're like a vegetable. And its effect on your lungs and your inability to feel like you're breathing to a straw. Um, and and then the back pain and the and the neck pain and, and the fever and the loss of taste and smell and the headaches and and diarrhea. I mean, it literally wreaks havoc on a person.
1: Yeah, it's a
0: terrible, terrible disease. Now most people do just fine because they're young and healthy. They have a robust immune system, and we have now effective therapeutics to deal with it. But you have to be extra careful with high-risk individuals like myself. That's that's. That was my experience with and I have to tell you, when I I really thought I was leaving the hospital in the box and when I got discharged, even on oxygen and I was just waiting for my ride outside the hospital and the sun was on my face and I was able to breathe uh, just the outside air. And, and I was so grateful to be alive. I was so appreciative for the just the fact that I am, you know. So in some really weird way, having cancer, having COVID, going through all these... um, You know, I was at death's door seven times in the last four years. It's an address I'm familiar with. And in some some way, I'm happier now than I've ever been in my life. And one of the reasons that is... Is that I am no longer in a constant rat race running uh, to say that I will be happy when this happens. Right. I aspire for more. That's true. But I am happy now, and the fact that I am. Yeah. That I have consciousness, that I have free will, that I can talk to you, that I can breathe without pain, and I just am happy. Thank God. I'm. I'm. And I think that's what it means to sanctify life itself, that you're. You're appreciative to God uh, just because He makes you uh, in the mm-hmm. present. Time. Happy birthday, you know, God made you just now. So that's how I view life. And that's important saying, by the way, because if you believe in a dynamic creative process, if you believe in creation ex nihilo, every nanosecond from nothing, really what that means is you're never alone. That means the fact that you exist is proof that God wills you to exist. Now, this is important because I have come to believe that anxiety lives in a psychological space where God is absent.
1: Anxiety yeah, has absolutely,
0: fester when a person feels alone. Exactly. And if you're, not, if you're never alone, which you're not, proof is that you exist. The fact that I'm talking to you, to me, is proof that God wills you to be. Mm-hmm. If God was you to be in the present tense, then you're not alone. That's the uh, psychological and spiritual development techniques that I have uh, learned over, over the last few years that have helped me weather the turbulence of my life. Yeah. And,
1: um, go ahead, this go ahead. this is totally uh, consistent with my own thinking about anxiety. You know, I've written about it and thought about it, and mm-hmm. I still see patients. Uh, and um anxiety from the interpersonal level is really disruption of relationship where you no longer have trust security and human relationship and then the ultimate relationship being god so it follows like night and day there's um two things i wanted to cover with you we have as if about uh, 15 minutes this is so packed actually we have about 10 minutes um um, 10 12 minutes but um first you didn't discuss communist china and i think that one of the things i learned through the research of the book and which you've seen in the book is that all the predators it was quite astonishing to find all of them uh, sympathetic to china They all support Xi Jinping, the the head of China, who's a very violent, overwhelming dictator. Uh, They also they all look forward to China becoming more powerful than the United States and all of them uh, who are investors, which is darn near every one of them. um, They all are invested in China, so. And, of course, China has an official religion, which most people don't realize, and it's atheism. So it really sets up the dynamic that you are describing. Communism is the antithesis of a monotheistic religion.
0: So, you know, um, in the Bible, there's a story with Cain and Abel, two brothers, Mm -hmm. and that's the source of communism. And I'll explain to you what I mean. I call it Cainism. I wrote a book and one of the chapters it's called cainism which is uh, the source of communism in my opinion what's the story there what's the narrative uh, god uh, both the the cain and abel bring an offering to god god comes and takes abel's offering and rejects cain's offering so here right away you see there's no equality of outcome <laughs> they had both the opportunity to bring a carbon that's true but God chose one and rejected another. So we're not all equal. And Cain got all depressed. It says his face was dejected. So God came to him and said, why are you upset? Um, Improve yourself. In other words, take personal responsibility for the flaws that made me not accept your offering. Mm -hmm. Take control of your own life, be introspective, be honest fix your boo-boos, and then I will accept your sacrifice as well. That's what God said to him. What did Cain do? He killed his brother.
1: Killed his brother.
0: Now, it's much easier for me to step on your head and blame you than to look at myself in the mirror and say that the, the problem lies within me. People would much rather destroy the entity that makes them inadequate or appear inadequate than to take ownership of that inadequacy and improve it. So um, hence, that's what communism is. The belief is that everyone deserves the same outcome. Everyone deserves to be equally miserable. And <laughs> and it stifles human inspiration. So communism itself um, is a religion, but it's religion based on um, Evil. <laughs> it's true evil. It's the it's the primordial serpent enclosed um, in an in ideology. You see, the serpent has many heads. China is just one of them. And I do believe that China is a puppet for the real predators that are using China to actualize their agenda. Um, and the real predators are much closer to us than we realize. Um, and ultimately when you peel down the, the layers, you're gonna find um, idol-worshipping pagans. For example, Himmler, he, his name be erased, may he burn in hell for all eternity, who was uh, one of the field marshals for Hitler, built a temple for the occult in Bavaria. And it was all about this weird Aryan religion where they, they believed they were descendants from gods, Nordic gods, And they had superpowers. And when when you get down to these crazy despotic movements, they all derive some type of motivation from some ungodly forces. And the the Torah, the Old Testament, talks about it. So there's not really nothing new under the sun.
1: Yeah.
0: So do I do I think that we're we're dealing with the essence of evil right now? We're fighting. Um, it's not a cliche. It's really good versus evil, light versus darkness.
1: Yes, I think it is too, Zeb. Yeah.
0: But I think we're dealing with the fight for freedom. You know, There's only one free person in this world, someone who uses their free will to choose to serve God. Because then the yoke of your own insecurities, uh, the yoke of other people's opinions, despotic governments, everything's taken off of you because you accept on yourself the yoke of heaven and i think that's what each human being is being tested now that is asking you and me and everyone who are you going to bow down to where are you going to derive vitality from and, and reassurance and, and sense of security for your anxiety um in me who makes you every second or these despots You also asked about trump i was involved in the trump Saga. In the beginning, I, I had made a video to the president, the chief of staff called me the next day, um, I, and that started my relationship with them. Uh, uh,
1: Dr. Zelenko, um, the Skype connection got terminated by powers greater than ourselves. And we have about two or three minutes left. Um, we were talking about the fact that you really did influence President Trump to... Um, start hydroxychloroquine as a preventive. He got a great deal of attack for that. And then um, all of a sudden, he's supporting the entire pharmaceutical industry, Bill Gates' Fauci plan for vaccination. In a minute or two, do you have some sense of how he went in that direction?
0: Yes, I do. Uh, So I was... uh, I had influence from... The end of March till uh, mid May. When I say influence uh, indirectly, I sent the president a letter describing my experiences, uh, summarizing up to that point a few hundred patients, the results, and then made recommendations for prevention, prophylaxis, and treatment. And then, when the president announced that he's taking hydroxychloroquine, he said that he got a letter from an upstate New York doctor that had uh, informed him. About what he was seeing. Um, and that was my letter. That's how I found out that the president got my letter, like everyone else. Did. So he actually uh, advocated for making hydroxychloroquine available to every single American, in part based on my recommendations.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And then sometime in mid uh, May, after a good two months of absolute vilification and re- Uh, hydroxychloroquine became politically radioactive. No one wanted to touch it because it was associated with uh, all the false narrative and the doom and gloom. And so there was a internal decision made um, to go in the angle of vaccination because it was a political calculation that that would help him win re-election more than uh, pre-hos emphasis on pre-hospital treatment uh, with a with a toxic, politically toxic substance. Yeah, no one wanted to touch hydroxychloroquine after mid-May. No one wanted to deal deal with
1: it. It's just the power of the evil that you've been talking about. Uh, I suspect that Trump was really naive on some level about the power of evil he was confronting. So. Hopefully, he had no idea what he was inflicting on the nation. Do you have any closing insight to to leave with us on that?
0: Well, um, he's stuck because he put his legacy behind these vaccines. So what is he supposed to do now? Uh, You know, he's not going to, he's not fully advocating for mandates. At the same time, he can't say that uh, the vaccines are a poison death shot because he advocated for them. So He's kind of stuck and that's his problem but um i i liked the man i still like him in many ways Um, however i think he surrounded himself with poor advisors and this is my trump's instincts are better than all his advisors combined
1: yes absolutely
0: and when he would follow his gut and follow his instincts he did much better than when he listened to his advisors
1: yeah i think it's a good place to end Oh, Zev Zelenko, I'm so proud to be your friend, to know you, to to have your introduction to our book. And uh, God bless you in your coming treatment. And let's stay in touch over the next week or two. Thank you
0: so much for having me. Thank you.